there, shopping maniacs. You're listening to another episode of the Shop Talk Show, a podcast all about front-end web design and development. I'm Dave Rupert, and with me is Chris Coyer. Yeah, yeah. This is the third one now in a series, so pardon my introduction here, but some people pop into the podcast only once in a while. We're doing a mini-series here. Um, Dave g- acronymed it yesterday of TLTL. T-L-A-F-E-D. Yeah. Think like a front-end developer. Yeah. How to think like a front-end developer. How to think like a front-end developer. And and it's not prescriptive. It's mostly just us talking to people who we find, you know, interesting front-end developers out there in the world and asking them the same set of questions on purpose in which to get a, a variety of answers about this world of front-end development. You could say that the Shop Talk Show, all 333 episodes of it, are a little bit like that, but we're f- honing in on it here. We're trying to... I don't know. Get some, get some meat on these bones of this job that we call uh, front end development. So we have what I'd consider to be a front end developer, but of course ha- wears many hats, uh, like everybody else that we've interviewed as well. Uh, somebody near and dear to Austin, Texas, and 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 Dave's life as well. We have Trent Walton. Hey, Trent. Hi. Uh, so two thirds of of Paraval is, is here with us today, right? Yeah, and then there's nice. Dave, too. It's great. Yeah. Dave, Dave's nice to have you on, Trant. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's great great to have you yeah, on, Yeah, thanks for having me on your podcast, Dave. Um, you know, you had me and Reagan on like 30 years ago. It's nice to be back 300-something episodes later. Yeah. Appreciate you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we got, I told you we'd get back. We'd get around. <laughs> you can tell these two guys probably talk on Zoom, you know, more than once a day. I don't even know what Zoom is. Is that oh, that's what we're using right now? A Zoom. Yeah. Link. First, let's just start with this one, Trent, because this we're gonna, we're focusing on you today here. Uh, uh, although I'm sure some like some Dave plus Trent answers will will seep in here because of how things are done at Paravel or whatever. Trent, do you think of yourself as a front end developer? Are, are, is that what you are? Yeah. Well, I mean, we could just get this out of the way. Um, so this is a series, right? Yeah. And you guys were probably having a discussion. And, you know, we should get a broad, like, sampling of people who are, like, full-on, we know for sure they're front-end developers. And then you got a bunch of, you got a list, and you need, it's like, we need a space for, like, one more person. Um, we need someone who's, like, really questionable. Uh, <laughs> Dave, do you know anybody who's, like, maybe not even, like, doesn't even qualify? Uh, and then he might, and he's probably said, yeah, let's get Trent on the, <laughs> the podcast. Um, now that, okay, and that's okay. maybe true, but I would say that I, I consider myself a front end developer or a front end something. Yeah. But you write, how often do you write like an opening div tag? Like, is it once a day? Oh yeah. Yeah. All yeah. the time. So, okay. Uh, well, yeah. then there you go. Uh, that's all. That's that's it. Is that the job interview? I'm a front end developer now. <laughs> no. Um, the way, I, but the way I think about it is, um, well, for I think in my with my context, you know, I work with two other people at Paravel, and um, I don't really job titles mean very little uh, to us in our context. So I kind of ha- it's like easier for me to not think about this thing. Um, but, I, but I also think a lot about like if, if we're having a discussion and clients are getting to know us, what kind of assumptions are they going to make about me based on how I introduce myself or frame my skills? So it's almost like I, I'm at whatever I, I identify as and consider myself to be um, in a web building perspective, I think like, well, what message am I going to send? I don't want to misrepresent myself, but I also don't want to sell myself short. So I think a lot about like 
you know, I think on my, I looked up, <laughs> looked at my website, my blog, and I was like, what did I, I forgot, what did I call, call myself? And I think I say something like web designer and a web builder, um, because, I, you know, I don't want people to think that I'm just this, like, full stack, like, the buck stops at my desk, and any front-end question um, that you have, I will be the per- person at Paravel to go to mm-hmm. for that. Um, but, like, yeah, like, I, I, uh, I live the majority of my time in, whether it's design or building or optimization or whatever it is, it's spent in the browser. And that's all I think about. That's where I live. So, you know, in, in that sense, I do definitely identify as a front-end something. Maybe a front-end designer is a thing. Um, you could say maybe a web designer is the best t- title. Yeah, a web um, designer, sure. So design <laughs> which, is a big part yeah. of what you do. Because So would you say that there's people that, out there that could be a front-end developer who have no, des- they just don't deal in design? Is that possible? Yeah. yeah, yeah, perhaps. And on the flip side, like I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't want anybody to assume that I'm like a, I make redline documents or like I ask for people to change like layouts and things. Like, uh, I, you know, I build, the, I design in the browser most of the time and things like that. So uh, yeah, it's like it's like if you say web designer, you want to make sure they don't that, that you don't get the impression well he doesn't touch. I don't need to like talk to him about code or yeah it is tricky all these titles isn't it because because if you if you just say web designer does it automatically mean that you have front-end development chops or not i think i think some people would say if you say web if you put the word web in front of designer that you better as hell know browser stuff and some people might say no i just happen to design things that end up on the web i don't necessarily need those skills but if you say front-end developer i haven't met anybody yet that says a front-end developer doesn't need to know html and css that would be (laughs) weird yeah, I would agree that that's a that'd be a very handy thing to know how to do if you're going to be a front end developer. Yeah. So, I mean, let's say you know maybe remove yourself just for this second part of this one question. Whatever your role is, let's think of just the general term of what a front end developer does. What are the characteristics of that role? Not web designer or web builder or anything else, but like if somebody calls themselves a front end developer, what? What are the characters? What should they know? Yeah, and I'd probably think that gets into where I would be less likely to identify in that context because I think that there is a comprehensive, like, working knowledge of of everything. So, like, um, working like me, I work with HTML and CSS a lot, a little, JavaScript a little bit less, um, and then like performance and optimization, all that kind of stuff as well. Uh, I work in that. So I think th- that almost implies like I am, and I think Dave's the good example here. It's almost like. It, it, for for Paravel, if we get a question about uh, whether it's like a new framework or a methodology or whatever, um, we may all three have opinions. Um, and some, but but a, a lot of times, like I don't know, I haven't spent any time with it. I haven't been like I haven't been making myself responsible for like evolving my skill set or perception or opinions in a, in a certain area. So it's almost like wherever the like that's where the buck stops. And not to say that like every front end developer needs to be like the leader of every aspect of front end development at their company. But I think like there's a difference between me being capable of doing things and. Um, kind of like picking things that I find interesting here and there to engage in. Whereas I, I, I notice people like Dave who uh, I think live in the space and are making themselves like, it's almost like the part of the job is to, to live and discuss, explore, experiment, and sort of develop like comprehensively like a knowledge of all things that are happening in the front end space. Um, mm, interesting. So if you don't do that, so you've like kind of on purpose 
stayed away from that in, in a way. <laughs> Not on purpose. I have no idea. Uh, yeah. The, the, but, but I mean, absolutely. I would say that like, if, if you were to put two, both of us together, he, he, Dave, um, it, you know, that's, and I'm not saying that to be a front end developer, you have to like, work as hard and, and to the extent where you're like, you have to know every single thing, every single tool, every single framework, every single whatever that comes up, but um, making a conscious effort of like keeping your eye on the ball as things evolve is probably like a key thing. And for me, I think the differentiator um, in, in why I, I wouldn't like directly like sit into like a client introduction kickoff meeting and say, I'm the front end developer at Paravel. Cause definitely in that sense, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not so. Okay. You, and you mentioned, you're not the first to has mentioned performance right, right out of the gate and that you, you do some of that work. Is that, can you be a front end developer who, doesn't know about or doesn't care about performance, or is that one of the kind of defining characteristics? Uh, I was thinking about this. Um, what makes a web designer or what makes a front end? What I mean, a web builder, if you want to be as absolutely general and bland as possible, I like. I just like that term because to me, Frank Camaro had that uh, blog post and this term he coined, maybe he didn't coin it, probably coined it though, uh, was like the grain of the web. And, and I think that was a few years ago. And that t- to me described what I do more than anything else. So, you know, if I'm designing something, be it in like a image comp tool or a, uh, in the browser and like the, the real prototyping experience on CodePen or whatever, um, I am thinking about everything that, you know, the experience all across the board. And so to not think about accessibility or to not think about device uh, like processing speed and screen sizes and not think about, um, you know, connection speeds is to sort of ignore the medium itself. So, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't think everyone needs to be a performance specialist and, and like know every single thing about how, in, you know, internet connections are made and requests and, and all of these things. Um, and maybe I'm not uh, that, but, um, you know, I think often, you know, every, dis- every decision I make, it goes through sort of like a, like a subconscious series of checks and performance is for sure one of them. You know, if like, mm-hmm. oh, I'd like to use this image or, well, how is this going to be coded and how many kilobytes is this going to be? What's the impact? So, I mean, maybe it's not a prerequisite, but like if I was talking to somebody and they were saying they worked on front end uh, and they weren't thinking about performance, I think it'd be a red flag it, uh, um, <laughs> if it was like a collaborator or something. So, yeah, I think it's key to what we do. Um, so, yeah. so it's 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 awareness, but like awareness plus or something. It's like <laughs> you you need to you, so like you said you you don't necessarily need to be a specialist, but it needs to like be on your be on your checklist in a way. Yeah, everyone's got um, their own little areas. I mean, it can it can be optimizing images if you're a designer and sort of like supplying the build with like you know what it needs to be built. Um, that's on, that was a weird sentence, but like. Uh, but it can also be like how to use Web Inspector, how to analyze web page tests, um, mm-hmm. or whatever. So, I mean, I think you can do all those things or some of those things. But yeah, making sure that you sort of have a understanding of what's a big web page, what's a slow web page, what's a fast web page, all that kind of stuff. So, so if that's on the the checklist, in a way, performance. You know, so the broader circle is front end developer. The narrower circle is 
being aware of performance, what are other things on that checklist? You know, what do you do? You actually have a checklist, or what's on? Well, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I do. Uh, yeah. I don't have a, a physical checklist. Um, you know, I, I think, like I said, having kind of a general understanding of devices and how they work. Um, a general understanding of accessibility. I mean, even, you know, there's a lot, you can get really deep into that. I mean, there's conferences and books and talks on that stuff for a reason. But I think like, I mean, whether it's color contrast or tab index or whatever, just sort of like, what do we need to do to make this stuff okay? And then then you can obviously enlist and probably should enlist specialists when necessary. But I think, you know, all the things that impact a user, you got to be thinking about. Okay, cool. So th- this one might be uh, for for the both of you in a way, just because you you know own and operate a business together. But this, so we're we're gonna ch- we're gonna change the pace a little bit here. Tell me about your ideal front end development process. And this, uh, you you don't just deal with the front end. So maybe you could we could broaden this up to what's your ideal process. But you know, let's think about it this way: like a you know a client walks through the door, the virtual door of of Paravel Inc. And, and, and who are they? Who's your dream client? What are they asking you for? What are they asking your involvement to be like? You know, what does it look like to work with them all the way through the completion of the product? Like, it, it, you know, what's the ideal situation? Not just like, you know, I don't know, they're great because they got a lot of money, you know, but that just, that just feels perfect. Well, that factors. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'd just say like, Prefaces. We, I, this is a good question that we've been asking everyone, but we just spent a lot of time on this kind of what actually do we do? What kind of work do we want to do uh, on our website? Um, we just kind of did like a whole Let's services. Let's get into that too. That'd be good, but but all, but stuff. don't ignore the word process here too. I want to I want to know what you know. What is it like? Not just who they are and what you do, but then like what what is doing it actually like? Yeah. No. I, I Trent can go. Yeah. I just, you did all the words on the page, so I, I'm going to just default to what. Yeah, and then and you can make it accurate when I'm finished. <laughs> you can, that sounds like how that's we how work. we work. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of, like, I think you could get into, like, sectors that we'd be interested to work in. Um, but I think for us, we, I can say that we, we do not like projects that don't have any kind of strategy. Uh, if it's just like we have a design, the lot, you know, we, we, we skip things or we try to pass on things if, if we have the opportunity and we're bu- hopefully busy enough to where it's like, we just need this coded or like we already have the designs and we need somebody to like implement this. It's, it's not, you're not really taking advantage of what we, where our wheelhouse is. So we like to, to, to hear, we always say, tell us your problems. Um, and then we can solve them with web design and building. So, um, I think our process is very much like, it's a very casual prototype friendly process. Uh, and, and, um, our first thing that we normally do is, and I was thinking about this, we, 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 we ask for if the client wants to own the code, and oftentimes, just given the size of the organization, they, they need to. Uh, we ask for a GitHub repo. Uh, and um, if even if there's no code or there's no issue with code or bug attached to an issue, every single thing, and we're not tied to this, but we if we have the, if it's our preference, we Well, we're we talking about your this. ideal process here. So. Oh, sorry. Yes, yeah, stick yeah. to the question. Mr. Walton, um, the uh, we we like using issues because there's like the paper trail from the beginning to the end, and it's sort of this like 
outward invisible sign that we, uh, the, you know, the site will be on the web and the code will be on GitHub. And if uh, that's where it's going to be, this is where like the stages, this is like where we should be focusing, um, you know, moving tickets around and doing other things and using other tools we find. It's like, let's get let's get oriented and, and, and have everybody's like brain and logging in on, in their browser, their, their like digital posture towards a code environment and not like some abstraction mm-hmm. of that. So I love that. So, you know, even if it's like Dave or Reagan and I doing, um, making a spreadsheet and doing like competitive analysis, writing out documents. I mean, this is like the discovery process for us is not a long one, but it is a very important one. And we have a very like specific way of doing things and gaining consensus and working with an organization. Those are all on, on GitHub issues. So we're having, you know, whether, whether the client ever touches GitHub or anything, these things live and, and exist over there. And so from there, I mean, it's like as quickly as possible, we we'll, we we use image comps to to um, support the prototyping process. So you know, as soon as we possibly can, we're in code. Whether it's 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 me taking the lead um, and just getting layouts built or content, um, mm-hmm. just you know, I mean, even if we're like, and this could this could segue into our own website. Recently, we added a couple pages. It wasn't like a full on redesign, but we were, we realized the the things that we are doing are a lot less. Like here's a website we launched. Here's another website we launched. That that's just not the nature of what we are doing now. Um, so we had to kind of articulate the, the the work that we're doing, and a lot of it is in within like prototyping. Hey, we want you to come on board and just build something. Sometimes those things aren't necessarily launched uh, as they as, as they are delivered. Um, sometimes they're just for internal purposes. And then a lot of times we've been doing building lots of design systems and maintaining design systems. So we had to articulate that. And the way that we did that too was step out a layout, get the words in um, to some sort of a like a web layout so we could evaluate them in the browser. And then like 99% of that effort was writing over and over. So, uh, you know, we, we started off with paragraphs describing what we do and then there were sentences. And if we really were doing our job well, there would be phrases that you could skim, but still have the like same level of information and, and comprehension involved in those. So kind of a bit of a tangent, but yeah, like like I think for us, it's like the sooner we get into, and you probably say this a lot, but the sooner we get into the browser, like all of the assumptions that we may have been making uh, are exposed. And um, you know, if we have a prototype, we recently did like it was like a like a less than a month uh, pro- uh, progressive web app, and we were in the. We were we had we had a coded prototype in the first week, like done with that, and then so we can we could ship something then, and then the rest of the time it's like optimizations, making things better, and that's where I I think that's kind of why get like the issues for us work better than too, because then we have all of the context and resources and all the thinking we had uploaded, so like and, and itemized for issues and clients can see that kind of stuff, but then it's just like what's what bothers you about you know we're on the call and it's like I wish the menu like slid in or did something different. Okay, cool, create an issue, get it done so there was like instead of waiting into the last minute and then just doing like this like you need to execute front-end development and code this it was all about uh just improving improving making better so we made the most use of our time versus like discussing what it could be until the last minute by looking at whatever jpegs and then coding like with the last week and hope hoping that it's going to be good here we we know it's it's as good as we could do in the time we had so yeah and i i would add like the the code prototypes is some something almost like a, I don't know. At least you walk away with something. You spend like a month, two months, three months with Paravel, 
like, and I don't know, money runs out or, you know, the relationship sours, hopefully not. Or I don't These know. These things maybe, never happen, by the way. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe uh, you're involved in a mega merger with a venture company. Who Still knows? don't know what you're talking uh, about. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, you know, like it, it, we kind of hope at least you walk away with something tangible yeah. like HTML, which you can then integrate into your system. Well, you have the repo, right? You had something on day one even. Yeah, you have something. You don't have just a, I mean, not to throw Envision, who would be a wonderful sponsor for the Shop Talk Show, but like not to throw like Envision or some service like that under the bus, but you know, like those are helpful, but they, they're, they're not getting you very, very much closer to your end goal, you know, as close, I think as code gets you. Interesting. Yeah. I was almost going to mention that when you said uh, that we like to work in a repo, I'm like, I wonder if that's a different shop would say the same thing about Envision. They like prefer to use that tool because then all the conversations are there. Their history and breadcrumbs are there. It's not the browser yet or whatever, but it's uh, at least it's it's better than an email thread, perhaps. You know. But I like the GitHub thing more. So what's interesting about all this that you're talking about is that you're already maybe what you do is pretty close to your ideal front-end development process, that you take this process stuff so seriously that um, you're not you're not just like, oh, I wish we did it this way, but we'd never do like no you impose this in a way this 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 is our process this our process is almost what we sell yeah if i'm honest i think that that's um we have <laughs> no too honest I sound like a jerk we have a lot you know we've been together a long time and i think the the two things that that people like about us um there's hopefully more than two, but the two that I can think of, we, we, we Dave and Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Um, but it is that like, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. That, that, that our process. A long time. Yeah. We've been at it a lot. Our process, it's, uh, it, it works. I mean, and even now that we've, we've gotten into a lot more of the design system building, like, we have we have done so many projects with so many different size companies. Some things uh, ship in a timely manner, and some things drag on. And sometimes, like the delay is necessary, and it's just the nature of the organization. But uh, we we have, you know, with, with every project, we optimize our approach a little bit more and a little bit more, um, kind of trying to minimize any kind of like delays or pieces of the process that we have found to be like un. Like to, that, remove forward progress or limit forward progress. So uh, yeah, to, to me, without sacrificing quality, I mean, it isn't all about just like how quick can you get from like no, nothing to something. But I think that uh, the quicker we can get into the the final state of what we're building, the the better it's going to be. I, I think it'd be difficult to. Uh, it, it, it is the luxury of working on the web, and it is why I like... This is the original reason why I got into the web. I uh, Print is horrifying. I recently did some t-shirts, and like there's like a one little bitty tiny minuscule error in the file, and mm. like no one notices it, but it drives me crazy. We can iterate. We can build. We are... We are we work... Like If you're making a movie, it doesn't work this way. You have to like plan production and do everything according to schedule, and then you have like you know Foley artists come in, and you have like CGI teams come in and whatever you know I obviously don't build to don't make movies but like we see what we are building real time and so to not take advantage of that seems to me like a wasted opportunity um and sort of maybe like an old antiquated way to to approach things so <laughs> 
This episode of Shop Talk Show was brought to you by Sanity. That's Sanity.io slash Shop Talk, of course. It's a real-time hosted backend for structured content. Uh, uh, and on top of that, it's a, it has a content studio built in React. So it's kind of like a CMS for that data that it stores. So you can both interact with that data via API, or you have kind of a visual builder for that data that you work with. And of course, it has APIs for all the data. It's a graph-oriented API and an awesome asset pipeline to go with it. So it's kind of like a toolkit really for building an app. Let's say you want to build an awesome new fantasy football app or whatever, and it's got real-time features, and you create your teams and have data and upload team avatars and do all this stuff. I mean, whatever your app does. So you're like, hmm, okay, I need to, I'm just going to bring my own front end to this thing. Maybe I'll build a Vue app or a React app or whatever. I'll just build it any old way I want to. BYO front end for this thing. Maybe I'll, you know, and host it anywhere I want to. I'll host it on Netlify or whatever because I'm just gonna you know, has great deployment and all that stuff, you know. So, so, so you you know you're gonna build a React app, you're gonna deploy it on Netlify, but you still need like where am I gonna keep that data? Well, of course you got choices, but this is a great option. Sanity, check out sanity.io/shoptalk. Uh, uh, I need structured data for my app, so I have you know global data, and I have teams, and teams are connected to other teams, and teams have members, and members have stats, and you know you you structure out all your data, uh, uh, and so you do that in Sanity, and then you have you know an API to all that data, but you also have their content studio for messing around with all that data, and then it's got you know tools in there for images and uploading and hosting the image, all that stuff. So it's this really nice. It goes together. It feels like this is where front-end web development and I guess back-end development too is because it's really empowering the front-end developer to do all this stuff. It's an amazing toolkit for it. I, I just think this is so cool. I love I love just where our front-end industry is going with, with having easy-to-use tooling like this. So if you want to check it out, it's so easy. It's just on NPM. So you can go NPM install globally the at sanity-cli and then you just type sanity in it and it will spin up and get you going on. That's another beautiful thing about our industry, how easy it is to get started with powerful tools like this. So npmi-g at sanity slash cli and and sanity to init. You know, it's like a one-liner in your command line to get going with this thing. So it's a real-time graph-oriented API, open source editor in React with an asset pipeline. Holy cow, check out sanity.io. Let's talk about the, I don't know, the hard parts. And so I, I can imagine certain aspects of your job being challenging because of, I don't know, certain things that never happened that Dave mentioned, you know, like like client stuff, people stuff, communication stuff. I think we're all aware that that stuff can be challenging. And I wish there was honestly more talks about those types of things in the world, but that's not what we're focusing on today. I'd like to, like, what's the hard part about the computers, the the code part of of front end development, or the you know anything related to that, just just you know, yeah, not the. Let's clients. both answer this. I'll I'll do my I'll I'll do my bit, and then Dave can do his bit. My my there thing right now, yeah, here we go. Is um, 
Uh, like my, my past year has been dedicated to studying third parties. So I've been speaking about third parties. I'm very excited about third parties and I understand how this might sound. It's like saying like, I'm going to serve you the most interesting bowl of oatmeal you've ever had in your entire life. Um, because no one cares. Like this is, it's not fun to analyze these things and look at these things. But like for me, um, we spend so much time, like, like if, if I have access to a font file and I can subset it, like if we only need all caps or something, for example, I'll remove the lowercase letters. So we, ha- we save a couple bytes. Um, yeah. We you know, we're, we're shrinking code. But you're saving mit- 4K on a 9K file or something. It, and you're like, exactly. Nice. And, we, yeah. and we spend weeks doing all this stuff. It's like, you know, uh, well, let's minify code. Let's take out some CSS. Let's take out, you know, redundancies and whatever. Uh, shrinking, optimize images. Uh, like, and, and for me, like I will design in a way that I know, like, you know, I'll, I'll I'll use like a like a if it, there's like some sort of texture on a site or something, I'll do something that is sort of monochrome, so I know that I can whether it's like porting it to an SVG or just getting like a low low color PNG or whatever the case may be. Like this guy, this is like all day I think about this. Like how can we save some bytes and then. Uh, implement implementation happens, uh, whatever that means, plugging in a CMS or like plugging in Google Tag Manager or plugging in a bunch of tags. And I realized that the bytes that I saved um, are pale in comparison to the megabytes that are being added um, and all of the processing power that's being sucked up by third, part, third parties. Um, I think that I'm and historically, and until hopefully now, I'm much more proactive about it. Have been um, uh, to blame because I wasn't proactive in like, hey, what, what's what's going to be on the site? I think sometimes you know we know ads are coming. Mm-hmm. There's going to be ads. Okay, cool. We're going to have discus or something like that. But there is no like design discussion, like designing for third parties thing that's happening. And um, it's it's whoever's fault it is, I definitely don't think that uh, if, if, if you care about it, you have to get involved. And so that's what I'm trying to do now. But to me, I think that's stories. The- I heard one about, about uh, you know, they wanted to do a PWA. You said you all just built a PWA in a month or whatever. Well, as you surely know, one of the prerequisites for a PWA is HTTPS, right? It's got to be. Otherwise, it just can't. That's just the table stakes, the bare minimum of it, and they get done with the PWA, and then there's a third party that just wasn't ready for HTTPS, that they, was an absolute requirement for this website. So the whole thing was just scuttled, because you, yeah. you can't, you know. like, and well, and I mean, So that wasn't discovered early on enough, you know. Well, I've even thought about this. <laughs> I'm going to limit myself to two more points here, because <laughs> this could be, be the whole thing. But like, the, t- the two recent things I've realized is like, well, if we're, you know, we have these discussions about a browser support matrix, like IE9 or something, um, what percentage of our users are, do- are using this? And like, what happens if the site breaks for them? And we sort of make a cost-benefit analysis of that. Well, I use Ghostery. There's a lot of content and ad blockers out there. And I know that um, whether it's like native to the browser or, or some other company that's doing it, you know, their goal is not to break sites that use third parties. But sometimes that does happen. And uh, so like then you have to almost wonder, should you be testing your site um, with the content blocker enabled? Because, you know, what happens if you're using a third party for a form that's like, you know, whatever, buy our service or sign up for a, 
demo and the form doesn't work because a third party blocks it. So there, there's the, the stakes are, are getting higher and higher because there's, there are more and more content blockers. You know, Firefox is turning on like the, their, their privacy tool, I think, by default soon. Um, so there's that. And then it's even like... Uh, I even well, this is another kind of a tangent, but I, this is how much like I think for me, the the most important thing in in my brain about front end is like where where what are we going to do about all this? Because there's a what um, what uh, like third like sites that I work on that you know I'm I'm the web builder here and and, and things that I will do to help clients that I care about and want to see succeed. Um, there's a vast chasm between like what we are serving users and what users will tolerate on the web. And I think that it, it's more of a implementation like in practice problem because I mean honestly. I care deeply about privacy, and I and I think that that's a that's a huge deal. But if you if you want to track me a little bit when I'm on your site and get some analytics, so you know that uh, like this user was interested in um, you know like green shirts, and then this person was interested in uh, panini press, so that maybe that means something, and we can reorganize our sales strategy to fit that. Cool. Like I'll tolerate a little bit. I understand that, and I definitely, if I'm reading an article at a site, I'm totally fine with ads. But what I'm not okay with is like 50 megabytes of garbage and um, 500 requests. And then I don't want those requests to follow me and talk to other trackers here and there so like if we could just have a discussion we could like i think we're talking about it the front end community and the web design community um a lot Uh, what i don't want to see happen is like well everybody that does this stuff is dumb and this stuff sucks and it's awful i understand that this stuff needs to exist but i think that there needs to be um some way of like meeting in the middle like we, we what, what can we have some sites that do this and i don't see too many that are sensible in the third party realm so i think for me i mean i guess it's not it's not necessarily related to the practice of third part uh front end development but but i'm bringing it up and ranting about it because i hope that it becomes more of one um all the work that we do on everything else to optimize everything else and get really good at everything else and use the best possible version of x y and z um this, this, I think, is the, the, the like the lowest hanging fruit that we can work on. Yeah. Though it's not necessarily easy because it goes, it goes back to the human problem. It's not. It's a cross discipline. Does maybe problem. did I get this from you? Somebody wrote this that has I've latched onto that I think is great. Is that this problem? Unfortunately, feels like a it's nobody's fault kind of problem. In that the you know maybe there's a business person at the at the verge or whatever and they book book a great deal with some company that says here's a you know half a million dollars to run some stuff on the verge and they're just like boom nailed it their boss high fives them they've sold it and then you know the, the that company's like well here's the javascript file that you put on your site or whatever you know cuz that's what happens sometimes absolutely and, and it can be that or it can be uh like uh, you know a, a company you're working we've been working with like you get a sales team that contacts them about like, you know, here's our solution for whatever it may be like AB testing. Here's our new analytics solution, or here's our new like yeah. marketing solution. And, and it's it solves under, one but, problem somewhere, but then the, mm-hmm. then the front end developer, cause the people that sold it or had the idea, they're not front end developers. They don't care. They're like, I don't know, just do the job, put it in there. And then the front end developers are like, well, I can, but I guess I'm the one who puts it in there, but I don't. I, I feel like I don't have any control. The one side they don't care, the other side cares, but don't have the control. And it's like, it's a human problem, isn't it? Yeah, if the contract's been signed, I mean, what, what's what? What, what are you going to do then? It's too late. Which is why I think 
Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, the person who's involved in the sale of that or the acquisition of the, or the signing of the contract, they may look at the, this script in the site and see a moneymaker when I see a, like a user experience hit or something like that. So we got to talk, you know, that's where the proactivity comes in. It's way easier said than done. But, um, you know, you can use things. I think recently we've been kind of trying to evoke a visceral reaction, um, you know, whether it's like, I love request map, which is now like, I think just a tab on webpagetest.org. You can run the test and then it'll give you like a, an amoeba of all the, the connected third parties. And like, you can, you know, you'd be like, oh, like, uh, Oh, say we're at Adidas and there's like, you know, 30 of these. And then you're like, well, look at Nike. They only have 10 of them. I'm making all this up, by the way. But like, you, you can say like, hey, company, our, our competitors have less and um, maybe uh, kind of guide the process in a visual way. You can, like we've used built with, uh, you can do anything. So yeah, it's like, however you expose this, uh, it, it can be tricky, but I think getting the discussion Further up the chain would be a noble effort uh, if you were to do it. So, so, you, so just you know to round out the question that that you definitely find one of the most challenging aspects to all this is this is this third party situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you by Netlify. Oh, Netlify is so great. It's like web hosting uh, uh, evolved. It's just so great working with it. It's fun to have known about Netlify and used Netlify and then uh, listen as other developers discover it. Or you'll see tweets on Twitter and be like, have you heard of Netlify? It's incredible. I saw one tweet that said, it's like somebody actually like designed website deployment, you know, rather than having it be an afterthought or having a web host company not help you at all with deployment. Doesn't it make sense to have a web host that helps you get files to them? That's what Netlify is. So you have like a Hugo site or something, right? It's like a static site generator kind of thing. And you're working with it locally and you have a Git repository of your site. Like it's so common for us all to work these days. You sign up for Netlify, you point the Netlify to watch that Git repository. And then as you commit to that uh, uh, branch of that repo, it just automatically deploys to Netlify. And of course you can configure it all up or whatever, but imagine that you make a commit and then your stuff is live or to the particular branch or however your Git flow works. So Netlify is, you know, one-to-one connected with that repo. And so it's like, you don't have to like have some middleman deployment service in the middle of it. Netlify does that for you. So it works great with sites that have a build like Hugo does or Jekyll or whatever. It works great with static site generators. But just because you're working with static site generators doesn't mean your site has to be limited in any way. And in fact, Netlify really likes talking about the Jamstack, which is, sure, maybe just maybe you're using kind of static hosting, meaning, you know, just HTML files, CSS, and JavaScript. But these days, JavaScript is so powerful, you can use APIs to bring in your data and still build a very, like, CMS-y, super dynamic. You can build any kind of website there is and still use a kind of static, super fast build. There's so many advantages to that. It's great. Make sure you, it's, it's hard to talk about in two minutes, but uh, check out netlify.com. You, you won't regret it. It's so cool.
Okay, Dave, what do you got for most challenging aspect of front-end development? Um, hmm. I, I mean, I agree, I think, with all the third-party stuff. It, it just it is kind of wild how one person who you don't know at some organization, you know, uh, new hire or whoever can just hop into Google tag manager and undo months of performance work, you know? And I was thinking of a horror story <laughs> that we have where a client sold an advertisement in their drop down navigation. And so like you, you like click a menu wow. item and like there'd yeah. be an ad there. And so we, we had to like, design the nav around having an ad in the nav and like in the dropdown. And so it's just kind of like this, Oh boy, like that's hard and that's bad for the user and no one really ever sees it. And so, um, but so, but I was trying to think of non people problems for me, I get so wrapped up in the organization and like, how does code ship out? I think that's like always kind of, difficult or like the or ch- kind like of literal just, deployment or how it's packaged or yeah just or even just getting like the the dev resources because that you know product managers have features that they want to work on and so you don't always get the dev resources to kind of redesign the website anymore um but but that's kind of like again kind of a people staffing issue my my thing is maybe just like the code complexity and i blogged about it kind of recently kind of a tongue-in-cheek post about if statements costing ten thousand dollars each but um you know when you open up like a file uh, a view and there's like ten thousand if statements it's really hard to work in it's really hard to like figure out what somebody did or why they did it because there's no documentation you know you don't even know how to like trigger the state that would you know Mm -hmm set this if statement to be true, you know? So it's just, uh, that stuff like that, that kind of down to the like nitty gritty code stuff is really kind of gets me. So, um, that's, that's been my struggle over the last, I don't know, month or so. It's fascinating. Really. It's almost like you wish you had a browser sidebar that could pop open and that somehow magically knew about all the state possibilities of this page and that you could just toggle around things and, well, yeah, I've been thinking about the uh, JS Storybook. I think like it was for React first, but mm-hmm. it's been ported to Angular and Vue and everything. Um, I really like that. I like how they have stories, you know, for components. And sometimes it's you know just like this is a, a secondary button, not a regular button, or you know, they kind of have those stories. But I just I like stories. Um, I don't know. This is because you can be a user with this thing true and that thing false and this thing true. And I'm sure you run into that at CodePen, you know, like. A- oh gosh, all the time. Now that we're componentizing more and more and more with React, it's uh, yeah, some components are, you, and you have to make choices. At what point do I split it into two components or at what point is it acceptable to have a bunch of ternary operators in these components to conditionally render things? And if there's too many of them, you're right. It's like, oh my gosh. So in order to test this properly, even manually, I really need a way to switch between different user types and different teams and things on the site in order to look Without, at that. Without like logging out logging in with another fake email account and then yeah well sometimes you literally do got to log out and log in or and then because you need to actually test this stuff for real right like with cypress or whatever then you have to have like a 
some kind of user mocking system set up with that so that, you know, when you click this dropdown and click this link within this dropdown, that that should work for this type of user and should not work within this type of user. And it is very complicated. Or even like alerts. If you ever, <laughs> I was doing that a little bit over the summer, like alert, like systems and stuff like that. You know, it, it was like, Hey, does anyone know how I uh, test the session timeout alert? <laughs> like, is there an efficient way to do that? And the feedback is like, well, wait five minutes and it should <laughs> like, and I just was like, cool, I guess I'm watching YouTube. Um, I don't know. Like that was the only way to test it. Like those kind of things, you know, um, that exist in the application or, or in the site, but, but don't, yeah, are just kind of like, I don't know, kind of legacy, I guess it would be, you know, like code smell or, or tech dead or something, but, but how do you, all that logic that's kind of baked in the templates and stuff, it's tough. Trent, you really went off on this third-party stuff, which is great because it's a big deal and it's been your subject of your focus, like you said, for, for like a year. So when I ask this question, which is, what wars do you like to wage? It seems like that probably would be your answer. Um, but is there any other, you know what I mean by that? Like, is there anything? Oh, that, I like, know what you mean by that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I can think of other ones. Um, yeah. I, it, let's go back to the grain of the web thing. I think for me, uh, you know, the third parties thing is, 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 is it's a very clear box like that. Uh, Trent's going there. Okay, cool. We can hopefully not write them off, but this is his soapbox right now. But the other thing with clients and, and, and like projects that are coming up, it's like, uh, should we be doing this on the web? Um, you know, uh, th- 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 we get a lot of requests and things, um, whether it's for a feature or a new page or a- an entire like project request. And um, there's things that are super creative, and I really, really like the yeah, like, conceptually. But um, you know, I, when I feel like, and it's not that I am. Um, some kind of like authority on this, but whenever I feel like my own personal like sense of what the web and, and what browsers are meant to do is sort of like pushed beyond, that's usually when I'll start asking questions and, and pointing things out, um, whether it's just like a file size thing or a user experiencing a user experience thing, like 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 very very intense scroll effects or something like that. So um, if if I feel like something's sort of like wow this isn't really a web page anymore, like I, it's really cool what you're describing, but like if we want people to read the page or engage when the like it does it, I don't I think the, you know if the idea is not solving the problem at hand um, or isn't like usable in in in, in a web browsing sense, then I, yeah I'll, I'll usually be ready for a battle there. <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay. So you're I mean in a sense UX. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's gonna, if like back to if it conflicts with what I think uh, would make for a good user experience, or like would conflict with reasonable performance metrics or accessibility standards, then yeah, it, like I'll, it's t- it's time to have a discussion. Is there like kind of conversely, is there wars that you've seen other people wage, or you're just aware of from being in the industry that are are potential wars that you just sh- ASCII shrug, you know, or whatever? You just you just could care less about. Yeah, the ones that um don't impact the user. So tools, uh, you know, I think that there's a reason to, to, there's a time and a place for those. I mean, if, uh, like if it, if it impacts the pace we can ship, like, you know, if if we're using tools that take too long and we need to have a discussion or we need to replatform because it's preventing us from iterating quickly enough, that's, that's a different thing. But, uh, you know, if, if it's, if it's sort of 
inconsequential mm-hmm. to how we perform as a team and how that impacts the, the the what the users see. I sort of I just don't care. So. Right. So it's a the de- developer tooling is like it. You only care if it ultimately affects you know your ability to serve the client or the user. But otherwise, it's like who cares. You know? Yeah, and you could argue that part of the job is making sure that everybody can work on things. I think that's something that Dave's been um, always, as we've been together, it's like almost like we he, he'll use Reagan and I as like an example for like, look, if we're building something and like Trent and Reagan can't update it, then like who's gonna like who's gonna this is a problem like this is some technical debt or this is like a, an unsustainable method of of doing things so yeah like maybe that's a time when it would also be relevant just to making sure that it's like you know dave was even talking about it with like trying to figure out who worked on the code and documentation with like states uh you know if it's hard to spin something up and hard to get something going then it's going to be hard to stay on top of things uh dave i just i wonder if anything popped to your mind of of wars that you like to fight Oh, I fight them all. <laughs> I will. I will sword into battle headlong uh, into any dumb thing we come up with on the internet. Um, no, I. It, that's mostly out of like I like to watch train wrecks and I like to. Do, <laughs> I don't know. Quiet I just. Taste, I guess. It's silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's I've see. got a Simpsons gif of uh, the, like a, a, a monkey did a knife fight, and it's just called Dave dot gif. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's true. I can put it in the show notes. Yeah. So I, you, Paravel, I mean, somewhat famously is three people. I mean, it'd be you know with the Triforce and with the three amigos and such is, uh, you know, not known for your massive hiring growth strategy. I should say, um, but have you ever like consulted or talked with other people about their hiring practices, or occasionally, I'm sure you work with contractors in which that you employ temporarily or or whatnot. So, you know, how do you pick those people? Like, like, what did you look like when somebody good comes along to to work with even temporarily? What's something that makes you be like, yes, 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 I do want to work with that person. Yeah, I, I think for us, it's um. And this, it has happened. I mean, there's kind of two capacities we do this where there will be a project that comes up and maybe there's like a CMS integration and we'd, you know, we, we wouldn't want to like tie one of us up with that piece just because it's not our, our, well, we can do it, but it's not our wheelhouse. Uh, and it's not so our specialization is where you're headed already. Absolutely. Yeah. And, but, or, or, I mean, and recently we've sort of, we have fortified the team with two or three extra people uh, just for the volume of like design system work. Um, sometimes people are brought on to help with A-B testing and things like that. So it's sort of like, but it still is a front-end person that's doing these things. So I think for me, um, a lot of times, uh, we, we, the first thing we do is like, Dave, who do you know? Like he's, you know, he's in the community. So, but, th- but then it will be like, well, we have to get to know, I have to get to know the person or I have to sort of figure this out. So my first thing is, is um, I always try to get an email thread going. Um, this is not to critique um writing skills, but I really look for like, is this person able to articulate thoughts? So I'll usually like ask like really questions, like just like not necessarily on purpose, but I'll just sort of throw kind of like a random uh, couple questions out just to see how they respond and see if I can kind of like elicit some sort of like a uh, a strong opinion because what I I think if you if you can't articulate thoughts that could be kind of a, a problem working with us because we, we 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 the three of us have known each other so well you sort of have to like jump into a like a pretty like sure. collaborative like intense environment ultra candid yeah. 
situation yeah. almost respectful really. but yeah like we we, we uh, there's no judgment in brainstorming uh but we also we, we get real pretty quickly um but then also like uh i also look for this is not a prerequisite it's not like somebody everybody has to to, to see the web and feel the same way about the web as i do you know I, I i even if i'm man even if i'm working on like engagement or the size of a button or trying to like optimize whatever i still feel like i'm participating in something that's very special like i, I still i mean uh so i i like when i get some sort of sense of like well, I'm not, you know, it's, it's totally acceptable to be like, well, I'm here to close issues and get the job done. But if there is some sort of like a, like a passionate sense about anything, I mean, it doesn't have to be a big deal. I, I like that um, just because it, 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 it think that sort of fits with how we operate. And, you know, uh, a lot of the, th the discussions and debates and the things we work on and we care about um, have just as much, I think it's, a, I don't think it's a, like just for the clients or just for the state of the web. But I think because we care about those things, it makes the quality of the work better, um, in my opinion. So I like, I like to sort of see that there's a little bit of fire there. Um, and then really, I think the best deal is just getting a sense that they're proactive. Uh, probably the best example of this, the past year, we had Susan Robertson come on board to do a like CMS implementation for us. And it, it was amazing. Like I, you could just, I, um, you know, I'd known her from Twitter and mm -hmm. from some other friends and she came on board and, and, and there was no doubt who was in, in charge of what. Um, when we were on calls with the client, like you could just like, when questions came up, it wasn't like, uh, hey, do you know, you know, why don't you chime in here? I mean, and took complete control of the situation and uh, like, you know, it was, it, we, God, what do you call that? I love that too. When you just sense from somebody that they're just like an adult and they just, <laughs> that's, that's actually what we said. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like this is, this is great. Like, um, I don't know, but yeah, it was this, you knew that it was handled. You just had complete confidence before any work had been done. I don't know what it was. It was just uh, like, but it, it, yeah, it, it fit perfectly. So that's definitely what we look look for. I mean, it's not really necessarily like any specific one front end skill, but gosh, um, knowing that things are handled and knowing like, I, I got this is always really, really reassuring because it isn't always the case. No, well, speaking of it not being the case, would you, is there anything that would make you just be like, oh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and stay away from that person. <laughs> Red flag stuff, you know, for hire. Uh, I don't know. We usually have to learn by doing those things manifest themselves much more slowly. Um, unless somebody just straight up would say something that we're just like, wow, that's, that's an awful thing. To say. <laughs> hasn't happened. I don't think. Um, but yeah, I can't, Dave, can you think of anything that? Yeah. I don't think we've had like enough experience in that realm to really be like, we're good at spotting idiots or something. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know either, but I, I almost asked the question because I'm like, I, I'm almost fishing for somebody's juicy story at some point, you know, because you can, I mean, the obvious ones are like, I don't know, they were rude. And then it's like, well, if they're rude, they, they probably didn't get very far in the <laughs> hiring, you know, mm -hmm. but like what yeah. were ones where somebody like got a little too far and then you found out, you know, they... I don't know, hated Firefly or whatever. It's usually if it is, it's like it's a, it's like a larger team, and then like the the person we are working with maybe is like not the person we were talking to at the beginning, mm. uh, and that, and that and see that's the thing is maybe it's it's maybe not necessarily a performance issue, but just like a vibe issue because I guess maybe that's a bad thing or a good thing that I I tend to go off of a, you know like an initial discussion. What do you have to say about this? What do you have to say about that? And so if it's based on vibe, which is definitely not a uh, like uh, you know it's it's, it's this 
is all subjective, I guess. Um, you know, then if, if the roles and responsibilities shift, then you're sort of like starting from scratch. Fantastic. Well, let's finish the show with some rapid fire dribble analysis. I know, I know Trent has been rubbing his hands together, waiting, waiting for this moment. I'm nervous about this. <laughs> we need like a ESPN intro, like dun, 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 dun. So you'll realize that that for radio, this is a little difficult because people listening in their car or whatever can't see the shot before we do it. We'll describe it just a little bit for people, but it's better to possibly pop over to the website. And these are the same shots we've used for the last three shows. Click the links to the dribble links. Look at it for yourself. That's exactly what we'll be doing uh, for Trent here. And then, and Trent, the idea isn't to like, you know, just start analyzing, you know, where you'd use it, what ID tags you're going to, or attributes you're going to use and stuff like that. It's more high level, like what's the first thing that comes to your mind as like I've been tasked with the construction of this thing so so what's what's you know what's good what's bad what am I going to push back on what part's going to be a little hard what part's going to be fun that type of thing just whatever kind of comes to your mind so this first shot is called uh, for all food lovers by it looks like a team called out crowd and uh, uh, it's you know it's kind of a vectory looking scrolling looks like possibly a restaurant website or something that enables restaurants I'm not sure what do you see when you yeah I think my first thing is I do see a little bit of Ipsum text in here so I'm sort of like what's Let's nail let's nail that down. I mean, maybe that's a little picky, but I, 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 you know, a lot of these things are based on we have grids and images next to text and all that stuff. So you'd sort of want to make sure uh, it's a kind of like a realistic representation. Um, I like so there's a lot like a lot of noise, like kind of like a speckled textures all over the site. There's like an illustration up top with like. Uh, some, some cookware and some food and some coffee. Uh, you know, you wonder if you could maybe, instead of, you know, exporting this, there's like a gigantic diagonal beige texture, or maybe it's like a table or something. Um, can you take that texture and repeat it elsewhere and maybe color it so you're not having to export gigantic oh, yeah. image files? Uh, the illustrations are pretty cool. I wonder if they'd, if they'd be SVG-able or are they too detailed? So it kind of like, that's probably the, one of the first things I do is see like how, what kind of format can we... Yeah, that texture isn't going to help you in SVG, is it? No, no. But I mean, but if you look at the like the cheese and the egg and the bowls, those, those yeah. don't, don't have it. So, and, and if it was there, I'd be like, let's, let's X the, the texture perhaps um, if, 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 if it would save on file size to do that. And then obviously we've got some scroll effects. And I think in this case, um, it's pretty minimal. It's like a light touch. So I'd be like, yeah, we could do this. There's like some scaling of like, I think a sauce or something appearing below the eggs. And then there's like a little, a leaf or something that falls. You know, I have, I have a lot of questions about, well, if you scroll back up the page, you know, is a leaf going to fall or maybe that's not a leaf. So I apologize if it isn't, but is this going to fall every time? Is this pasta going to shoot out every time? Like what's the What's the plan here? But overall, it's like kind of like a there's it's pretty minimal, nice, simple. So like I think other than that, once you get beyond the how you're going to do the images, it's kind of like the fun layout stuff. Like how can we make this squish and look all cool? How can you know is that four column grid at the bottom? Uh, like what what does it say? What's on our the GIF keeps animating up and down. Uh, what's on what what on our table? Um, 
um, I would do some some. I'll do some copy editing. I'll help out. But uh, like, does that does that become like a horizontal scroller? Do those four things stack? Like, kind of cool stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I think the main thing is just managing, keeping like the bold visual presentation without like a five megabyte site would be cool. Right, and I think right. it's, I think that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this next one here is. Um, Socialio events, and this is the one that looks very dashboard-like. It's our almost. app. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's definitely... It's the dashboard Yeah, quiz. you definitely, as much as we you know, try to stay away from the what's a site and what's an app debate a little bit, because that's a little <laughs> bizarre to talk about, this one would definitely if, <laughs> be in the app category if there is a distinction. Lots of, I don't know, modules and boxes and things. So what do you, th- what do you think when you see this? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going to force myself to not kind of do any like hierarchy questioning or, you know, I'm taking the design out and putting that away. Uh, it's to me, I think this is kind of fun. Like, uh, especially when you have to, if you have to consider a variety of screen sizes, like the menu on the left, um, you know, there's like the, the windows deal where like I've seen like where the menu kind of half collapses and maybe it goes to just icons, which may or may not be helpful in this context, but like, you know, how can we sort of have almost like what's the tablet width going to do? We know, you know, if we're on a phone, we're going to have, we have a lot of, we're going to have to like, we have a lot of work to do and it's just going to stack into a single column, but like, how can we, Oh, interesting. You're thinking of the, the medium view already. Those are all, yeah, it's like junior high, awkward, big teeth and big feet and all that. Like, like this is the weirdest phase of any responsive design, or if this is, this should be your responsive done. So, yeah, it's like, but you have these three quadrants. You have like this left nav and this right thing, which it's actually the, your pages, contacts, groups. I don't know how important any of that is. Maybe you just kick that up to the like profile thing at the top. But then you have this like the, the, the like cards in the middle and how do you stack those and how do you make the cards responsive? Um, yeah, I, this is this is fun stuff to me because like, it's like it, I do think it, it has this look of like pretty consistent UI elements. So uh, there's a lot going on, but you could probably keep it pretty light if you're smart about how like, you know, how you're doing your card components and all that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, it's a little bit overwhelming to look at and uh, all that. And I think maybe like my first thing would be like, let's... It looks like fun to you, which is funny because it's perhaps visually the least fun looking. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it would be, it would be more for my own curiosity, my first question would, would be like, are there, is there a mobile comp? Um, and to me, you know, I, it, what, it, whether it's something as complicated as this, whether it's, this is like four columns going on here, um, you should always be able to boil down your layout to a bulleted list or a numbered list or whatever, because eventually it's going to be that. Uh, I mean, I, granted, you can have different views and things slide in on mobile. I get it, but but there's a hierarchy. There's always a hierarchy. So like this, if it's kind of more app-like, maybe it's okay that there's like things sort of spread out and things have equal hierarchy here and there. But yeah, I'll, I'll be like, what's the mobile view? Because what's so basically as a way to ask, what is important or what's most what 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 are people going to be wanting to see the most often if they're refreshing or coming back or whatever. So yeah, it's it's gnarly, but it's also like you know my my design questions would be much far far greater but i think from an implementation perspective it's like yeah we could we could it's deceiving but i think we could do it pretty 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 easily yeah good 
Uh, this next one is a is a they call it a poster, a poster for a speaker series. So it's a little unclear whether this would be um, web or print, but let's just assume that we're gonna it, we're tasked with with webizing in a way. And it kind of it's more simple than anything we've looked at so far. And half of it's kind of sideways, I guess, and and the rest of it is is up. Okay, so if you had to if you had to web this thing out, what what is it? What are you looking at? Yeah, I, I, and this is by Steve Wolf, who's I've not met him, but he's an Austinite, and I mean, mm. uh, for my own design vibe, I'm just like, this is awesome looking. It's so cool. So, uh, yeah, I think I'd probably take this as a um, like a more of a print poster take, um, just in the sense of like, I'm, I'm, I, I, it, it, we would need to, to maybe tweak the layout, but probably keep the vibe and spirit alive at all viewports it almost seems like you could channel jen simmons or something and be like well, how would she do this and uh if you could to like even a, like a remotely effective way um rearrange the things you know if siblings sibling needs to be huge and like vertically arrayed that's cool and then we have this sort of the colored texture this this seems to be like, a, like it would restack or reflow or reshape itself but keep the the like aesthetic intact at all views it seems like it'd be really fun um and there's not a lot going on so yeah you could really like maintain a more i wouldn't say frivolous but secondary design elements like all the dots and the the, the green and brown and kind of like the i don't know if that'd be like a stripey texture or a camo texture <laughs> i don't know whatever it is it's great um so yeah it's 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 uh it'd be fun to work on and then the type yeah i think there's not too much going on um you know little things like we got upper uppercase for that uh, kind of quasi-condensed, well, the logo is probably not a font, so that'd be an SVG, but like monthly speaker series, you can make sure those are subset to minimize file size, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, like this is, this looks great. It'd be fun to do. Moving on when we actually do have only a mobile comp, I guess we call it for this one, which looks very much like a, you know, this, I guess they use the iOS icons up in the upper right corner, but it's like a financial app of sorts. So we're looking at like a, credit card kind of thing with a bunch of numbers that are going up and going down. And then we're, we're looking at a chart. So there's definitely charting stuff going on in this app. Mm -hmm. What do you see here? <laughs> um, I, I would first run it through like color contrast analyzer. Um, and then maybe try to figure out if some of these font sizes are a little bit too small. I sort of, I sort of do have a concern about like the right side where it's got like yeah. 15, 1500 bucks or, um, you know, I think that would be the first question. And the second question is like the interactivity, like, like the chart and the, um, charges, or I guess like payments or whatever the case may be at the, at the below, like the three little rows below are those, um, you know, are they are they triggering something in the chart? Like, if you is which mm. which piece is clickable? Are they both clickable? What's below? Like, and and that's maybe the thing is is this is where I become such a uh, like a, like a boring designer, and I think in a good way. But it's like what I would I have lots of questions about like what's this for? Like, I, I, I and maybe I just need the context. Is it tripping some alarms for you? Like, maybe this just is that there's only aesthetics attempting to happen here and maybe yeah, not so much. Yeah, 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 but I, I would ask because I'm, I'm wrong. I'm wrong a lot, but no, yeah, it's like, well, okay, I, I if I, if I, can't, I can't really figure out what what's going on. I, I mean, I know what it is. I know I see that there's like, we have a, a credit card and about, yeah. It's probably <laughs> yeah. like what you spent, I guess. 
Yeah, and I, but I would use, I think, like, there would be a, a whatever, a quote-unquote discovery process here where it's like, well, what does this do? What is this, what is this for? And maybe it would, without having to be like, what, what, you know, maybe, what, what's the point of this? Did you think this through? Instead, just ask questions and sort of see if those things expose themselves throughout. But yeah, there's, there's some good stuff here. I mean, I think it would be once, like, and again, maybe I should just put like it, I, me myself. I would always do this, but if we're just talking about front end, I think like there's so, there's a lot of like opportunity to maybe optimize, make sure that things are legible and font sizes are big enough. But also, there's some cool stuff. I mean, the chart could be cool, and like you know, you could use some sort of framework or roll your own or whatever to like animate the the bar graph rolling up or whatever so there, there's there's definitely room for tlc as well but uh yeah my first question is like how do all these things work together and what, what are we trying to accomplish when we're using these views and for what it's worth i did run it through con- color contrast analyzer and the gray on like blue gray does not it's, just, it's a little too close you'd have to beef probably both sizes and colors in this one that was um, that right there was a good sampling of what it's like to be on a call. <laughs> Trent will make some kind of wild assumption, and Dave backs it up or denies. He's like, "He's Trent's wrong. Don't listen to him. It's not even a problem. Why did he bring it up?" So, good job, thanks, buddy. <laughs> good instincts. Good. Instincts. You know, this last one is. You know, um, I almost wish I could go back and pick something that's more. It, it, it shares some similarities with the very first one we looked at, where there's scroll animations and things. But this one is perhaps even more intense visually in that you know there's it's kind of full color and lots of movement and big crazy fonts it's it's for like a a, a festival in belgium i guess called the kick festival so what do you see when you see it yeah so i this this is one of those animated shots uh where it shows the whole scrolling of the, the page it's striking like it looks so cool i like i like seeing conferences uh, or, 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 you know, when there's like a time and a place to be sort of more exploratory and more, just have a little bit more fun. And I think like conferences and personal sites, this is, this is it. So there's this huge gorilla with trees, like an island trees for a head. And the, then there's water in the gorilla's face. And then there's like an oceanic thing happening um, just for you listeners in the car or whatever. But um, this is one of those things where I'm like, uh, it's beautiful. I wonder, and, and so what I'm gonna—I'm just gonna preface this. I'm looking at this, and I'm having thoughts about other sites that 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 go harder than this one. So uh, it may be a little bit unfair, but I still kind of want to get into this just for the sake of uh, variety. So uh, there are a lot of scroll effects, meaning like like when you scroll to something, something like snaps in uh, and slides in, and it's it's every time I do I see a site with this. Uh, and, and it's not a site I'm like looking at just to be like, what's the design look like? A site that I'm actually trying to use and engage with. Um, those things happen and I'm already moved on. So I'm just like, it's like the content gets here and I'm already scrolled past it. So it's just like this like funny, like I'm always three seconds too late for you annoying thing. So all, all that kind of stuff I tried, I like, I like it when it's not the content. I like it if it's not the words, if it's not the details, but like the other site, there was like a leaf. Well, it's cool. I can interact with the site um, if it's not the leaf. Almost like uh, you know, you, you you like it's like maybe like a fault thing. Like if the, get the words there so people can see it, uh, and then like if you want to do some other kind of cool vibe stuff, like there's bubbles. That's cool. Like that would that's what I would like scroll effect or trigger something like that. That's secondary. Um, yeah. 
but uh, to, so to get a little more into like the actual site, so this header is um, is ridiculous. There's like like in a good way and maybe a bad way. It's so it's so nuts. Like there's this cool gorilla and it blinks, and then there's birds flapping their wings and fish. Um, there's no way to animate that without doing a video. So or I'm wrong and you can tell me. I mean like like but like I don't know how I would like get. I probably agree. I mean maybe some WebGL craziness, but probably video. Yeah, or, or maybe there's there's no way to animate. It's, it's not a simple like transform or like scale or like position shift. This is some. This is like this looks like a movie, and it, and in the whole site, I mean, there's like sun rays coming in. So that said, like I I, I would I would think that the like the site's gonna have to have some like gnarly WebGL or more likely like a video file, and then I think about like was well, there. Well, how how does that relate to the grain of the web? And am I going to have to load a movie to view a web page? Like it it, it it seems like a bit much. And so yeah, like if we're if we're going to push the boundaries, this is maybe like a like a cool place to do it. But uh, oh man, I, I'd be much more excited about like like a way to to do this vibe and have this impact without having to resort to things that aren't like core to the front end. Uh, you know, like loading videos on a website, that's something that we, we all we do. And a lot of times they have play buttons and that's the actual content of the site. But when you get into the, the structure of the site and the, and the visual of the site and whether or not the first thing you see when you go to the site is interactive, that starts to get a little questionable for me. So like, uh, you know, I, 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 it's, I obviously really like, it's a cool looking site, but I have a hard time kind of reconciling that with like what would probably be the like needed to execute the top part uh you know mm-hmm. so. like if it was if it shipped on a cd it'd be fine but the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah if you mail me like a like <laughs> cd rom or uh you know and, and this kind of gets into you know there's a lot of those sites that that uh, and some of them are fine but they have like the slides like you scroll and it like locks in another like quadrant of the side and then you scroll uh, those things and I'm just like this is just my subjective opinion but those things kind of more often than not drive me crazy because it's like well did you design a movie or did you design a slideshow or are we doing web web pages now like there's like an expected core functionality that I, I, I really want out of a browser and anytime people are dictating the rate at which I, I, I navigate through the content on a page or like having to wait for something core to load to read the page I get all angsty and frustrated about, <laughs> about it <laughs> so uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it'd be cool to code because I think that there there probably is a maybe a less cinematic and, and intense and awesome presentation of this. But I think there would be a way to do it um, where you sort of have like a striking visual and like a cool impact without um, the the penalty of the 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 performance hit that I would anticipate. It, you know, it would yield right. This is the first time I've actually want to go seek out to see if I could find the site. It looks like it's. Last year's, you know, like they have a 2018 festival, but this was the 2017 one. And uh, it looks like they kind of punted on the top. Mm. <laughs> That's the first time I've looked at. <laughs> oh, no, maybe not. So it was. It must have been a graphic that, oh, wow, this is, uh, it's even weirder than you think. I see it's it. Gonna, yeah, no, it, yeah. I, it's timed out the first time I looked. Like the, the, there's, it's just blurry, right? And then some, so something's coming, but nothing came. Well, what's nice about that is it looks like they've, were smart at least a little you know they loaded a graphic and then 
when the movie or whatever it is finally comes down, then it gets replaced, you know? So at least it's, you know, whoever built this was intelligent about their approach yeah. here. It looks like there's lots of little canvases over things. It's pretty cool, but it doesn't mean that it's not heavy as heck. <laughs> it's yeah. still, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, wow, pretty fascinating. So yeah, is, is the heaviness really the, like the kind of the, the first thing you saw, like, oh my god! Oh yeah, yeah. it's like this is—is is it a web page? Like, you know, probably yeah. Like, if you were, and I'm just spe- now I'm really speculating, but if you were building this and like you're prototyping it, and people were evaluating the site and refreshing it, it's like throughout like weeks or months of a build, as opposed to like maybe like let's code this and ship it, probably would have gotten a little old. Or, or it's all local or something. Uh, you know, who knows? Um, but yeah, it's big. It's kind of big. Yeah, um, it's pretty big. But I would have thought it would, this would have been. It looks to me like one of the. What's the one everybody used to make fun of? Like, there's like a Nike one or something. There's an Oakley, or, right? Was it? Like yeah, sunglasses? Yeah, Oakley. Yeah, and Apple like 80 does it too with their crazy stuff. This is yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm kind of more like, like I said, I'm, I'm. I'm Painting in my general opinions and yeah, stuff, like, yeah, on the site exactly. but I do, yeah, I do think like if, 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 the execution of it is uh, if you have to do this exactly, uh, it's not bad. But uh, it'd be cool if you could sort of you know sort of chill out a little bit of it and keep the keep the cool design. Fascinating. So. Look at this one. I'll send it to you. They they made somehow made one of these like really beautiful high res ish. Oh no! I get. Oh wow! What are they? Doing? I don't even get it. There's some fancy stuff at work here. All right, I'm going down a rabbit hole. I gotta. We're doing a podcast here. Gotta wrap it back up. That's it. That's kind of a. That's kind of it. Anyway, we're kind of uh, through the through the most of the questions here, and we're over time anyway. So, do you want to wrap her up, Dave? We should wrap it up. Thanks, uh, Trent, for coming on the show. Uh, for those who aren't following you and giving you money. And by proxy, me money. How can they do that? <laughs> well, you know, I could give them my PayPal, so that they wouldn't have to. If you don't, if you want to, like, give me money and not ah. give Dave money. Just kidding. Uh, I'm at I'm at that. Trent Walton. It's TrentWalton.com, uh, ParavelInc.com. That's it. That's that's where you find me. And please do. And uh, Trent's uh, brother makes cool custom cars. Um, so. Walton Customs, I think it's waltoncustoms.com. We're about to change the site, which actually I'm pretty psyched about. We, we I did a quick like evening, just what I could cobble together, but there's a bigger site coming in this. Yeah, just building old Mustangs and Starliners and all this stuff. So he's definitely, yeah, right now out of the two Walton brothers, he's way more interesting and cool. Damn. So whatever, <laughs> but follow me first and then like, follow him. Too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, thank you. And uh, thank you, dear listener, for downloading this in your podcast of choice. Be sure to start heart favorite it up. Uh, tell your friends about this little series here, uh, how to think like a front end developer. We really appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter at shop talk show for tens of tweets a month. And if you hate your job, have your shop talk show.com slash jobs and get a brand new one. Cause people want to hire people like you and Chris, do you have anything else you'd like to say? Shop talk show.com. <laughs> <laughs>